everyone needs compassion love that's never failing let mercy fall on me everyone needs forgiveness kindness of a savior the hope of nation savior he can move the mountain my god is mighty to save he is mighty to save forever author of salvation he rose and he conquered the grave jesus conquered the find me all my fear and failure no fill my life again give my life to follow everything I believe in now I surrender I surrender Savior is mighty to save he is mighty to save forever author of salvation he rose and he conquered the grave Jesus conquered the grave so shine a light and let the whole world see we're singing for the glory of the risen King Jesus, shine a light and let the whole world see. We're singing for the glory of the risen King, Savior, Savior. He can move the mountain. My God is mighty to save. He is mighty to save forever. Author of salvation. He rose and conquered the grave. Jesus conquered the grave. So shine a light and let the whole world see. Singing for the glory of the risen King. Jesus shine a light and let the whole world see. Singing for the glory of the risen King. Savior, He can move the mountain. My God is mighty to save. He is mighty to is here so we know the rapture didn't happen.
the sun cannot compare to the glory of your love there is no shadow in your presence no mortal man would dare stand before your throne before the holy one of heaven and it's only by your blood and it's only through your mercy lord i come i bring an offering of worship to my king no one on earth deserves the praises that i sing jesus may you receive the honor that you're due no lord i bring an offering to you i bring an offering The sun cannot compare to the glory of your love. There is no shadow in your presence. No mortal man would dare stand before your throne. Before the Holy One of Heaven. And it's only by your blood. And it's only through your mercy, Lord, I come. I bring an offering of worship to my King. No one on earth deserves the praises that I sing. Jesus, may you receive the honor that you're due. Oh, Lord, I bring an offering to you I bring an offering and I bring an offering I bring an offering Oh 
Jesus, sweet Jesus, accept this love I give to you. It's all I can do. Searching, and I'm longing. Please meet me just as you want to, and I stand here to offer, offer up this song of love to you, oh Jesus, oh Jesus. I've never known love like this before Oh Jesus, sweet Jesus Accept this love I give to you It's all I can Exalted to the highest place 
King of the heaven, one day I'll bow. Before now, marvel at this saving grace. I'm full of praise once again. Yes, I'm full of praise once again. So once again I look upon the cross where you died. Humbled by your mercy and broken inside. Once again I thank you. Once again I pour out my life. for the cross thank you for the cross thank you for the cross my friend thank you for the cross thank you for the cross thank you for the cross my friend once again I look on the cross where you died humbled by your mercy and broken inside once again I thank you once again I pour out my life I thank you for the cross I thank you for the cross Thank you for the cross, my friend. Thank you for the cross. Thank you for the cross. Thank you for the cross, my friend. Before me, 
come cry in my soul remember redemption's here where your blood was spilled for my ransom everything I once held dear I count it all as lost. Lead me to the cross where your love poured out. Bring me to my knees, Lord, I lay me down. Rid me of myself, I belong to you. Oh, lead me. You were as I tempted and tried. You Came flesh for my sin and death. Now you're risen. Everything I once held dear, now count it all as lost. Lead me to the cross where your love poured out. Bring me to my knees, Lord, I lay me down. Rip me of myself, I belong to you. Oh, lead me, lead me to the cross. To your heart, to your heart, lead me to your heart, lead me to your heart, lead me to the cross where your love poured out. Knees, Lord, I lay me down. Rid me of myself, I belong to you. Oh, lead me, lead me to the Cross, broke my heart 
and sinfulness rose again victorious faithfulness none can deny through the storm and through the fire there is truth that set me free Jesus Christ who lives in me you are stronger you are stronger sin is broken you have saved me it is written Christ is risen Jesus you are Lord of all no beginning and no end you're my hope and my defense came to see and save the lost paid it all stronger sin is broken you have saved me it is written Christ is risen Jesus you are Lord of all you are stronger you are stronger sin is broken you have saved me it is written Christ is risen, Jesus, you are Lord of all. So let your name be lifted higher, be lifted higher, be lifted higher. Let your name be lifted higher, be lifted higher, be lifted higher. Let your name be lifted higher, be lifted higher, be lifted higher. Let your name be lifted higher, be lifted higher, be lifted higher. You are stronger, you are stronger, sin is broken, you have saved me. It is written, Christ is risen, Jesus, you are Lord of all. Heavenly Father, Lord God, we thank you. You are stronger, that you are better, that you set us free, Lord God, that you move among us in a mighty way. Lord Jesus, we ask that. Father, as we stand here, two or three gathered in your midst, Father, that we would bring honor and glory to you. As we seek your face, as we seek your touch, as we seek your blessing, Lord, we ask, meet us here in this place. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You can be seated, John.
Unless it's not. There it is. I hear it. All right. We are going to continue our ongoing saga through the book of Jeremiah. And as we do, last time that you were here, we talked about a tale of four kings. And um, in chapter 21... In chapter 22, the Lord lays out for us the final four kings of the nation of Israel. And as he does it, basically they're four rotten kings all the way through. And as we look at those four kings and the judgment that comes on them, we come to chapter 23. And in chapter 23, he begins he begins talking about, Woe to the shepherds who destroy And scatter the sheep of my pasture, says the Lord. Thus says the Lord God of Israel, against the shepherds who feed my people. You have scattered my flock, driven them away, and not attended to them. Behold, I will attend to you for the evil of your doings, says the Lord. So God begins talking about the the unfaithful shepherds. And this ties together in Jeremiah 23 with John chapter 10. John chapter 10, Jesus presents himself as the good shepherd who gives his life for the sheep. But the the prophets, the priests, the leaders of Israel at this time are going, is this men and women? On the left is women and on the right is a man. (laughs) And so at this time, you know, the, the prophet now turns to the return of the king chapter 23 could call the return of the king woe to the evil shepherds but looking forward to the return of the king so he lays out for us in the beginning of chapter 23 that god's going to hold those kings and the leaders of god's people whether it be a pastor today who's to shepherd the flock of christ that he's responsible for or whether it's uh, the leadership, the political leadership, the religious leadership, doesn't matter. The Lord says, woe to the shepherds who scatter my flock. And the picture that he lays for us there in that verse is people driving the flock of God, not caring about them, not taking care of them, not tending them or attending them, making sure they're fed, but rather driving them, pushing them. And the picture is that they're scattering them around. They're just doing all this damage, chasing God's people everywhere instead of being there to take care of them. Sometimes some pastors have the idea that the the flock of God exists to care for the pastor. And that's backwards. The flock exists for the pastor to care for them. And that's the whole point, purpose behind the call of a pastor or a call of a shepherd is to do for the people, not to have the people do for him. It's not to be exalted. Some guys get it backwards. I mean, I've seen it where, where you know, and I, I guess I'd rather see it too far the other way. Where there's so much honor for the pastor when he comes in and, and there's just this exaltation. And the word minister means servant or slave, not you know, exalted chieftain over whomever. It's the, the idea that, that we're there to tend, to, to shepherd God's people. And so he goes on in verse 3 to talk about when God himself 
is going to re or, or uh, fix the damage done by the, these bad shepherds. Look what he says. But I will gather the remnant of my flock out of all countries where I have driven them. And I will bring them back to their folds and they will be fruitful and increase. And I will set up shepherds over them who will feed them. And they will fear no more, nor be dismayed, nor shall they be lacking, says the Lord. Now, as often we see the case in prophecy, we see a dual fulfillment. For example, the Lord is going to send the children of Israel at this time into captivity to Babylon. And he's going to raise up two shepherds, Ezra and Nehemiah, to bring them out. And he's going to restore the people back in the land. But that's not the fulfillment of that scripture. In this scripture, he says, I'm going to bring them from all the lands which I have driven them. And it speaks of that dispersion. Ultimately, the dispersion we see after the the cross of Christ, after uh, the destruction of Jerusalem, the, the nation of Israel scattered to the four winds and where they still are today. And we look at at Ezekiel, the valley of dry bones, and God speaking to the prophet Ezekiel and saying, I'm going to raise up the nation again. But but that's not the fulfillment of this verse. The fact that in 1948, Israel became a nation. The fact that people are, are beginning to move from all around the world to return to Israel. It's not the fulfillment. The fulfillment says he's going to bring them all. Amos says that God is going to bring all the children of Israel and that he's going to judge those who are rebellious and he's going to put them out. And those who aren't rebellious, he's going to bring them in. And the scripture talks about a time when they will follow the Lord with their whole heart and when they will bring themselves wholeheartedly to the Lord. And so when we, as we look at this, that fulfillment occurs at the return of Jesus Christ and the setting up of his kingdom. Now we see the beginning of of the children of Israel returning, but still today there are more Jews in New York than there are in Israel. They're not there. There are still Jews in Russia. There are still Jews in the four corners of the world, scattered still. Some feeling the call to return to the homeland, but that's not the same as that call from the good shepherd. Jesus, remember he said, my sheep know my voice. And when I call... They're going to come. And that's what he's talking about here. That, that king. Remember, we've been talking about the four lousy kings, the last four kings. But now, Jeremiah turns his focus to the, the example of the bad shepherds that they had. And then he comes down and he says, but listen, there's a king coming. He's going to gather you all. And the Lord tells us who that king is, right? He says, I will gather them. I will shepherd them. I will set up shepherds. He's going to not only provide leadership under Ezra and Nehemiah, but we know that that's not the end, right? Because Ezra and Nehemiah eventually gave way to garbage leaders again. But the day will come when there will be a leader that they'll never have to worry about him ever leaving. They'll never have to worry about him dying. They'll never have to worry about him going away. He will be there. He will stay there. And he's going to fulfill that, that role. And, and we see that as we go on. He turns then and he says in verse 5, For behold, the days are coming, says the Lord, that I will raise to David a branch of righteousness. 
That word, branch of righteousness, is the word natser. It's the, the base word for the word Nazarene. In Matthew, the scripture says, and th- this is why the scripture said that he would be called the Nazarene, the natser, the branch of David. And I love how he puts it. I will raise to David a branch of righteousness. A king shall reign and prosper, execute judgment and righteousness in the earth. He says, I'm going to raise up. Now you remember, chapter 22 ended with God pronouncing a blood curse on the line of Jeconiah of, the, of King David, saying, not one person from your line is ever going to reign. And if, if you're listening to Jeremiah pronounce this judgment on Jeconiah and on the line of David... You think, wow, God said that he would raise up a house for David. And that if the children were obedient, there would never cease to be a king from the line of David that sat on the throne. But he also looked forward to saying, I will raise up a house for you, David. Messiah is going to come from you. The ultimate king, the king of kings and the lord of lords is going to come through your loins. But right after the blood curse in chapter 22, Jeremiah then says, but God's going to take this. If you picture it like this, uh, the tree of David has just been lopped off and it's fallen and all that's left is the stump. But the Lord says, I'm going to bring a branch out of David. I'm going to bring a branch out of the stump. That which has been cut off, that branch being the the messiah the mashiach nagid the the messiah the prince so and this king unlike those four kings we talked about last week the four knuckleheads who did evil in the sight of the lord this king is finally going to execute justice and and he's going to reign in righteousness scripture says he's going to execute judgment but but literally what he's talking about is justice right justice We don't have justice today. There's a lot of judgment that goes on, but not very much justice. The the, the Bible says he's going to execute justice and righteousness in the earth. And that phrase literally means in all the earth. The Bible tells us that he's going to rule with a rod of iron. That during his kingdom, there will be no injustice ever done. That the earth is going to go back to the state in which it was at the Garden of Eden. That the children will be able to play with lions and cobras and not have to worry about it. Because that part of the curse will be removed off of creation. And the world will exist in perfect peace, in perfect harmony. That that's what the king returns to do. And this is what Jeremiah is talking about. He's going to come. And in his days, listen, Judah will be saved. Judah is the southern kingdom, and Israel will dwell in safety. That was the northern kingdom. They're already lost. That's the part they, some people call the ten lost tribes, although you can't be lost in God. God knows where you are. Ten northern tribes, Israel, and the, and the two southern tribes, Judah, they're going to be saved. And this is his name by which he will be called. Please don't miss this. This is one of the strongest declarations of the deity of Jesus Christ in the Old Testament. Okay? This is the name he, the king who's coming, will be called. The Lord our righteous. Yahweh Tiskanu. Yahweh Tiskanu. That's 
the covenantal name of God, the I am, that's saying that the Messiah is Almighty God. 2 Corinthians 5.21 tells us that he who knew no sin became sin that we might become the righteousness of God. What's it say here? His name will be called the Lord whose righteousness? Our. It's our righteousness. The Lord our righteousness. That this is what God is doing. That this is what God has done. And then in verse 7 he continues, Therefore, behold, the days are coming, says the Lord, that they will no longer say... As the Lord lives who brought up the children of Israel out of the land of Egypt. But, in verse 8, as the Lord lives who brought up and led the descendants of the house of Israel from the north country and from all the countries where I have driven them, and they will dwell in their own land. And see, again, that's looking forward to that kingdom age. Today, they say, you know, the ones who the Lord led from the land of Egypt. But the day's coming when, when that king returns... When Jesus Christ again comes and he calls his people from the four corners of the world and Israel will receive him as their Messiah, those who don't aren't Israel, and as they receive him, then they're not going to be called those who the Lord led out of Egypt, but they'll be called those whom the the Lord has brought, the the redeemed, if you will, the, the remnant of the nation of Israel that finally receives her king, that finally says... We'll have you rule over us rather than we have no king but Caesar. And so this day is coming as they look forward to this day. Now, as he gives us this little synopsis in verse 1 through 8, he talks about this coming king. But then in verse 9, he again swings back around to begin to talk about those false shepherds, the, the bad shepherds. He says, my heart within me is broken because of the prophets. And all my bones shake. I'm like a drunken man and like a man whom wine has overcome because of the Lord, because of his holy words. Now, there is an occasion for people who want to point to this scripture and say that this scripture is, is what it means to be slain in the spirit. That here what you have is him becoming like a drunk man. He's overcome and, and so he's just going to fall down. But that's not what Jeremiah is saying. Jeremiah is saying, my heart's broken, my bones shake, I'm off balance because of the prophets, the false prophets of God who who are lying to the people. And because of, of what the word of God has to say to them, I'm shaken to the core. For the land is full of adulterers, for because of a curse, the land mourns. The pleasant places of the wilderness are dried up. Their course of life is evil, and their might is not right. Now, at the time when Jeremiah begins, the, the nation is kind of at a height. The, the prosperity is going pretty well. And, and Jeremiah begins to tell them, this is all going to crumble. And slowly as it crumbles, they finally want to listen to Jeremiah. But all the way down the road, there are, are those shepherds who are saying, everything's good. Don't worry about it. No, you don't need to change the way you live. And they were uh, adulterers. Why are they adulterers? Why are they adulteresses? Because God considered the nation of Israel his wife. And when his wife worshipped other gods, that was adultery. She was giving herself as a nation to another god. And so the Lord lays out, listen, the land's full of adulterers. And there's this curse because here was what God gave in the Mosaic covenant 
in the Abrahamic covenant, which is an eternal covenant, God gave three things to the nation of Israel. He gave descendants, blessing, and the land. And those three things are eternal. The land always belongs to them on the Abrahamic covenant. But in the Mosaic covenant, God said, you own the land, but you don't have to live there. In the Mosaic covenant, he said, if you obey, then I'll leave you in the land. It's all yours. But if you disobey, you're not going to live there. It's still your land. I don't care who's living there, God's saying. It doesn't matter who's living there. It's your land. But if you are disobedient, then the curse will come upon you. And rather than staying in the land, I'm going to take you out and spread you around the four corners of the world. I'm going to disperse you around the world. And ultimately, that's what Jeremiah is talking about. Listen, we're falling under the curse. We've disobeyed God. And so the land is going to be stripped from us. When, listen, when they come back after Babylon, the nation of Israel is never the same. Never. There, in fact, the Bible says that when Ezra and Nehemiah build the temple, who later on Herod is going to redo, when they build the temple, the old men wept and, and cried because they remembered what the old temple looked like. And this is a feeble shadow of the glory that had once been. But the curse was upon them. They were disobedient. And so these things were stripped from them. The course of life is evil and their might is not right. Now some people say might makes right. God says if your might is not founded in him, it's not right no matter what you do. doesn't matter how strong you are. If it's not right, it's not right. For both prophet and priest are profane. Yes, in my house I have found their wickedness, says the Lord. Therefore, their ways shall be to them like slippery ways. In the darkness they will be driven on and fall in them. And I will bring disaster on them. The year of their punishment, says the Lord. God is saying, listen, I hold them accountable for what they did, what they said. The false prophets who said, peace, peace, when there was no peace. The ones who just tickled people's ears. The Bible tells us that the time will come in our days when people will not abide sound teaching or sound doctrine but they'll heap up for themselves teachers because they like to have their ears tickled they want to hear happy messages it's it's already occurring uh i don't know so much on a global sense that we we, we, like we're gonna see it but but certainly it's already happening where where you have churches that are full because they have a feel-good, happy message that has nothing to do with God's Word. But it fulfills a need for ritual. It fulfills that need saying, I'm trying to do something, I'm doing something for the Lord. God says, He'll bring disaster upon them. In the year of their punishment, says the Lord, there, there does come a day to give account for everybody. And the same was true for them. And I have seen folly in the prophets of Samaria. They prophesied by Baal and caused my people Israel to err. So they not only did they prophesy, but now they're prophesying by the false god. And it, I think it's all the more, if hurtful can be applied to the Lord, hurtful in the sense that 
When God brought his people to Israel, he said, listen, you're coming to a land flowing with milk and honey, but it doesn't have any water. So I'm going to be the one who brings you water. But when they turned to Baal, Baal is the god of the rain. He's the Canaanite god of the rain. So as soon as they get into the land and get settled and things are, are going okay, they go to that, to that god. They pray to Baal for rain. They offer their children to Baal. They, they get caught up in illicit sexual uh, uh, actions with the temple priests and priestesses. Because let's face it, that feels better than what they were doing before, coming to the Lord with a sacrifice and, and watching that lamb. Now, they would still do that just to honor the ritual. But God tells them, keep your sacrifices. Why you, why you defile my, my temple with all this garbage? Keep it. You're wasting your time offering it. Well, here the Lord is saying, listen, they're, they're actually prophesying by the power of demons, by Baal, and causing his people, Israel, to err. And I have seen a horrible thing in the prophets of Jerusalem. They commit adultery and walk in lies. They also strengthen the hands of evildoers so that no one turns back from his wickedness. All of them are like Sodom to me and her inhabitants like Gomorrah. So the Lord begins to to compare Israel to to Sodom and Gomorrah, which were destroyed. Which were destroyed for the very same sin that is rampant in the United States today. That they had ease of life. And they had lots of stuff. And they didn't care about the needs of the poor. That's what Ezekiel chapter 16 tells us. That that was the sin of Sodom and Gomorrah. We all point to, to homosexuality. Homosexuality came out of the fact of that selfishness, that self-absorption that they had. Just like we see homosexuality as a result of the self-absorption that we have in the United States today. That that's part of the sickness. But the root of the sickness goes back to self-absorption. The focus on self. Not worrying about about others there's got to be a day of accounting for the united states that we let people starve and we don't have to let people starve we could have fed the world but that's doesn't work in the american dream because i should have the right to make a lot of money if i'm going to feed the world and so we didn't do it you know when when i sit back and i think on any given Sunday, football Sunday, when the NFL's playing, there's enough beer sold in the United States to have fed the world several times over. If on one Sunday, every person who bought beer went without it and used that money, sent that money to buy food to feed the hungry, the entire world could be fed off of that one Sunday. And how many Sundays does that occur? 17 times a season. And then you got playoffs in the Super Bowl. Holy cow. I mean, there's probably, Super Bowl could probably do it for quite a while. I think, and I'm not trying to say that those things can't be. I'm just saying there's got to be an accounting for, for that kind of wealth and that lack of concern 
You know, the, the commercial can play uh, the, the African children's deal, you know, where they're all starving and it all it breaks our heart. But not very many people does it break their heart enough for them to say, you know, hey, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to let go of this luxury so that they can be fed. And I think as a nation and the leadership of our nation, there, there's got to be an accounting for that. And not just us. We're not the only people in the world who have that ability. But, but certainly we have had it and we have been unwilling. And I think that makes us, like Israel before us, like Sodom and Gomorrah. We don't care about the poor. We don't, we don't care to, to make sure that, that they are cared for. So in verse 15 he says, Therefore thus says the Lord of hosts concerning the prophets, Behold, I will feed them with wormwood. And make them drink the water of, of gall. For from the prophets of Jerusalem, profaneness has gone out into the land. So that idea, I will feed them with wormwood, means I'm going to feed them with bitterness. What a man sows, that will he also reap, right? You sow lies, deceit, you're going to reap lies and deceit. He's just given them their wages. And the wages of sin is death. He's bringing that which they are due, the wormwood... And the gall, wormwood is bitter, poisonous substance, and gall takes you past feeling. And when you think about, you know, what Paul wrote about how the conscience can be seared past feeling. You know, if you, if you have a scar, you've been wounded or burnt, the, the nerve endings are dead. You can't feel anymore. And that's kind of what, what the Lord is laying out for him here. I'm going to give him gall. That gall was that, what, that which would deaden the pain. It's a vinegar that, that has within it the ability to deaden your feelings. For from the prophets of Jerusalem, profaneness has gone out. So thus says the Lord of hosts, Do not listen to the words of the prophets who prophesy to you. They make you worthless. They speak a vision of their own heart, not from the mouth of the Lord. They continually say to those who despise me, The Lord has said, you shall have peace. And to everyone who walks according to the dictates of his own heart, they say, no evil shall come upon you. You see, that's the very struggle that the nation had during the time of Judges. That there was no king in Israel and every man followed the own dictates of his heart. But here the prophets, rather than saying, hey, God needs to be your king. Seek first his kingdom and his righteousness. No, they're saying to the ones who follow the dictates of their own heart, which we discussed this morning is sick, is diseased, and needs to be recreated through Christ. They say to them, oh, it's all good. You're doing fine. Don't worry about it. Don't worry about the things you're doing or the things you're saying. No evil will come upon you. For who has stood in the counsel of the Lord? And has perceived and heard his word. Who has marked his word and heard it? Behold, a whirlwind of the Lord has gone forth in fury. A violent whirlwind. It will fall violently on the head of the wicked. The anger of the Lord will not turn back until he has executed and performed the thoughts of his heart. In the latter days, you will understand it perfectly. All throughout time, we see what theologians call the progressive revelation of god in romans paul tells us that that every man is accountable for what he knows and what he understands of god so so whatever they whatever god revealed throughout time 
That was what man at that time was held responsible for. But the Lord is saying to us, to those of us who, upon whom the last days have fallen, and the scripture declares that to be those who come after the resurrection of Christ. We entered into a period of time called the last days. It's been that way ever since Jesus went home until he returns. We're in the last days. He says in those days they'll understand it perfectly, what's going on, what occurred, the dispersion, the the calling back. Daniel said in those days knowledge would increase and, and people will begin to understand. The Spirit of God will move among the people and they'll, they'll understand, have a, a regard for prophecy and for what God has done. And so in these latter days, in the latter days they'll understand here what the Lord is laying out for them. For I have not sent these prophets, yet they ran. And I have not spoken to them, but they prophesied. I don't ever want to be one of those guys. I don't ever want to be one of those guys who, who, you know, has the thus saith the Lord if the Lord hasn't saith. You know, to say, to say those words without God having spoken puts you in bad company. For he said, these prophets, <clears throat> they ran, but I didn't send them. And they spoke, but I didn't tell them what to say. But if they had stood in my counsel and caused my people to hear my words, then they would have turned them away from their evil way and from the evil of their doings. He said, if only these guys had done the most important thing, and that is to point people to God's word. The Lord said in Deuteronomy chapter 13 and Deuteronomy chapter 18 that the way we would know a false prophet is, one, they, something they spoke that didn't occur. They're a false prophet. Don't listen to them. And we have hundreds of thousands of people following organizations who have given false prophecies, yet they put their eternal hope in them. The false prophets of uh, Mormonism, the false prophets of uh, the Kingdom Hall, the false prophets of so many of the cults. The people place all their hope in them, even though they fail the test that God gave. The other thing the Lord said, was if what they say occurs, but they tell you to follow other gods, or they lead you away from God's word, they're not my prophets. And that's what these people had done. Led away from what God wanted done, led away, and yet the people followed him. He said, if they stood in my counsel, if they understood the things my word said, if they, if they had kept my word, then, then the people would have turned. Because they would have been giving the people my word. And their lives would have been changed. But they gave a message that seems right to a man. And there is a way that seems right to a man. But the end thereof is death. Man doesn't know the way man ought to go. So he says in verse 23. Am I a God near at hand, says the Lord, and not a God afar off? Can anyone hide himself in secret places so I shall not see him, says the Lord. Do I not feel heaven and earth? If God is not, if we do not feel close to God, God didn't move. God's still there. If we turned our back to him, then, then we have turned away. But the Lord says, listen, am I not near at hand? How near is the Lord? He's near to, to hear anyone reach up his hand and say, Lord, save me. 
Whosoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. To whomever that, that would call on him, God's near enough to hear him, then God's here. God's here. God's in this place. I have heard what the prophets have said who prophesy lies in my name, saying, I have dreamed, I have dreamed. How long will this be in the heart of the prophets who prophesy lies? Indeed, they are prophets of the deceit of their own heart, who try to make my people forget my name by their dreams, which everyone tells his neighbor, as their fathers forgot my name for Baal. So the same thing. He says, listen, these guys are teaching people to forget who I am, to forget my name, to serve Baal, to follow him. In verse 28, he says, so the prophet who has a dream, let him tell a dream. And he who has my word, let him speak my word faithfully. What is the chaff to the wheat, says the Lord? Is not my word like a fire and like a hammer that breaks rock in pieces. One of the foundational issues in Calvary Chapel is that we teach the whole word of God. There's no other way that I know of to keep you out of a place of error than to teach the whole counsel of God's word. That's why I think it's so important that we have opportunity for the Old Testament, opportunity for the prophets, opportunity for the New Testament, that we have a chance for God's people to say, hey, I want to learn, I want to grow, I want to understand, because it's that word of God that burns away the chaff, all the fluff, all the garbage that other people sow. The word of God is, is, is simple. Most errors that have begun in most churches are are easily solved if they had just stayed focused on the Word. You know, book by book. They called Isaiah a simpleton. What are we, children? You want to teach verse by verse, precept by precept? That's how you teach kids. But That's how God told Isaiah to teach the people. Verse by verse. Go through. Book by book. Work your way through the Word of God because that is what's going to keep us from error. Therefore... Behold, I am against the prophets, says the Lord, who steal my words, every, everyone from his neighbor. Behold, I am against the prophets, says the Lord, who use their tongues and say, he says. Behold, I am against those who prophesy false dreams, says the Lord, and tell them and cause my people to err by their lies and their recklessness. Yet I did not send them or command them. Therefore, they will not profit this people at all, says the Lord. So when these people, or the prophet, or the priest, ask you, saying, What is the oracle of God? Then you shall say to them, What oracle? I will even forsake you, says the Lord. When they have piled up for themselves all these other prophets, God over and over again tells Jeremiah several things. He says, Stop praying for them. I'm not answering your prayer. They're going down this road. No matter what, they're going. He says to them, when they come to you and say, we need an oracle, what, is, what does the Lord have to say? It's God saying, what are you calling on me now for? I mean, I think about Jeremiah when he was going and talking to those four kings, and they arrested him and beat him. 
And the very next chapter, they send the same guy who arrested and beat him to go get him and ask him to bring a word from God. God's like, oh, there's no oracle. I have no other word for them. What's been given is is what's been given. As for the prophet and the priest and the people who say, the oracle of the Lord, I will even punish that man in his house. Thus, every one of you shall say to his neighbor and everyone to his brother, What has the Lord answered? And what has the Lord spoken? And the oracle of the Lord you shall mention no more. For every man's word will be his own oracle. For you have perverted the words of the living God, the Lord of hosts, our God. So thus you will say to the prophet, What has the Lord answered you? And what has the Lord spoken? But since you say the oracle of the Lord, therefore, thus says the Lord, because you say this word, the oracles of the Lord, and I have sent to you saying, do not say the oracle of the Lord. Therefore, I, even I, will utterly forget you and forsake you. And the city that I gave you and your fathers, and I will cast you out of my presence. And I will bring an everlasting reproach upon you and a perpetual shame which will not be forgotten. This is God's word to the false prophets and the bad shepherds of his people. And that's harsh. Don't ever want to be counted among those people. I don't ever want to be counted among those who were not faithful. I don't want to be counted among those who were disobedient to what God had what god desired for them so he says to those prophets there's no oracle i'm not speaking to you i'm not talking to you you have made your bed and i'm going to let you lie in it but even as i look at that chapter i don't want to lose sight of the promise that came before there is a king coming there will be a day No more pain, no more problems, no more issues. Jesus Christ will come, just like God promised. He will set his feet on this earth, not another. And he will do the things he promised to do in this place. He will gather his people. But before that day, Before that time, the Bible declares that Jesus Christ will call his bride home. There will be a marriage supper of the Lamb. There will be a gathering together of the bride of Christ, the church. Jesus will call her. Jesus will bring her unto himself that where he is, that's where we will be also. When we read the book of Revelation, in the first three chapters, the church is prevalent. Almost every verse talks about the church. And then something happens in verse or in chapter four. The church is gone. She's not mentioned again. It's so obvious. It's so easily easy to miss. In the beginning of chapter 4, the Lord says to John, come up here. 
And he spends the rest of the time in the presence of God, the rest of the book of Revelation, standing there in that place among the 24 elders, among the redeemed, among those whom God has called home. The day will come. The day will come when Jesus will call us home. But until that time, may we not be shepherds who just tickle people's ears and tell them everything's going to be okay. May we rather be those who will share the truth of what God's word has to say. Amen? Why don't we close in a time of prayer? If you can hang out and pray, great. If you can't, it's nice and easy tonight. So we, if you if you feel you know the the spirit move, God, uh, uh, move. I, I want you to move in the spirit. You feel God give you utterance, bring utterance. If you feel the Lord has given you a word, bring the word. Just make sure it was from the Lord. And uh, you know we don't have to be afraid to give ourselves to the Spirit of God. For the prophet is is subject the 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 spirit is subject to the prophet and as we give ourselves to the lord i pray that god would move in that way that he would give dreams that he would bring a word that he would do his work father god we come before you tonight lord we ask that you would just meet us in this place god we pray father that your spirit would move and lord we thank you god that we have opportunity to show ourselves faithful. We have opportunity as your people to say, this day, maybe God didn't call everybody, but he called me to be here at this time, in this place, to hear these words. God, I pray that by your spirit, your word would do what it's been sent to do, God, that it would fulfill the purpose God, I pray that, Lord, in this time, as we seek your face, that your spirit would move among your people. God, that you would drive our hearts to be one with your heart. For until that day when you call us home, you have called for us to do a job, to be salt and light, to drive away or dispel the darkness, to hold back corruption. And we do that as we share your word. God, we pray that you would empower your people. God, we pray that you would touch the sick, that you would heal those, Lord God, that we lift up to you who are battling cancer, Lord, who may be coming to the end of their journey. But, Father, we ask, God, that you would intervene, that it would be your will to touch them, to touch them with your perfect healing. Raise them up as, as warriors called to go forth with your word. Father, may you revive us again that we might do all that you have called us to do, that we might bring honor and glory to your name. 